You are listening to a sermon from Emmaus Church LCMS. For more information, please go to www.emmauspasco.org. Today is the last Sunday of the church here. Advent begins next Sunday. And then we're in the Christmas season. Excuse me as I move this. It helps my voice save. So in Advent and Christmas, we think of God becoming small, don't we? Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. <clears throat> but Christ the King Sunday does the opposite. It helps us see the, the glorious splendor of God the Son. So the, I want to have a question for you, but just to, to ponder. <clears throat> How big is your Jesus? How big is your Jesus? Now, we all have a mental picture of Jesus, don't we? Depending on maybe when you were brought up and what, what artwork you saw. And I, I was Kate grew up in the 50s, so I saw this head of Salmon that was a famous painting, you know. With a kind of a glow behind, very impressive, nicely trimmed beard, very nice robe. <laughs> you know, it, you know those things shape our understanding of what what Jesus is like. But it's an important question: How big is your Jesus? You know, most of the heresies that have risen up over the centuries have to do with the person of Christ, the person of the second. A person of the Trinity, who he is, what he's like, and so forth. That's why we have the creeds, and that's why we we have um, like the Nicene Creed of God. What is Jesus? Jesus, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. All that stuff. That's written that way because of the false teachings that were around. Same with the Apostles' Creed, and same especially for. The big honking Athanasian Creed. Um, but that's where it has come from. So it's important for doctrine that we be clear on how big is your Jesus. But also it's important for our own faith life and our own you know, daily living. We'll get to that. But it's not easy to get to the, that point. <clears throat> In fact, we can't on our own, but God has spoken. We have a word of revelation with God describing God through the pages of Scripture. Well, we're thankful for that. And that's what we want to focus on today. So we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians, our, our epistle reading. You might want to have that open because I'll be referring back to it a lot. Colossians, maybe you know, it's been called the cult-busting book. Maybe you've heard it referred to that because it has the, the clearest articulation of the person and work of Christ. I mean, all of Scripture is inspired, but there are just some special parts in that that are so very helpful. And why was it written like that? Because false teaching was already popping up in those early days. So, I want to key, use, use a, a little two-word phrase that happened, that occurs four times 
in six verses, four times in six verses. And the little phrase is just all things, all things. And I want to think about it. Um, it says refer to Christ, all things of creation, all things of redemption, and all things for daily living. God help me. Amen. So first, all things of creation. So it's a beautiful picture of Christ. It says, he, he, just, just listen and savor. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or dominions or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Wow. Wow. Those, these verses have just meant so much to me. I've, I've just stored them in my heart. Because I like going back to them. So let's, let's take it apart a little bit. All things of creation. Talks about his status and his role. His status, first of all. Um, we can get at that by coming at two words, or two, uh, two titles, that um, two descriptors that uh, might be a little explaining. One, he is the image of the invisible God. Image. And the word is icon. You might have heard of the word icon. He is the image of the invisible God. And what it means is he's the, um, he's the perfect, the perfect manifestation of God. Perfect manifestation of God. Jesus is the portrait of God. What did he say? He who has seen me has seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. It's a, you want to see God? Jesus is saying, look at, look at me. He makes the invisible God known by being among us. So he's an image, a perfect representation among us of God. And secondly, he's the firstborn. Now this one takes a little more explaining because we think of firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, you know, I was thirdborn in my family, it's, you know, it's, but it's not that, it's not that at all. It's a term of honor. It's a term of privilege. It's the one who's privileged doesn't have to do with the order of birth or something like that. It's, it's the, um, see, he's not part of creation. That's part of the early heresies that, that God the Father made God the Son. Now, this sounds like us when we hear see our first form, but that's not the idea. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were co-eternal. Co but he's not part of creation. He's the cause of creation. And we hear this firstborn again in a later verse that we'll get to in a couple minutes. 
So it's a, it's a status as the one who's honored, the one who's privileged. He's not part of creation, he's the cause of creation. That's his status. But what's his role in these verses? Well, he, he creates. Look in verse 16. You might have the, not have the numbers, or I can't remember. For by him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible or invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers, authorities. That's like, you know, angels and archangels and all that, that stuff. And um, all things were created through him and for him. Now, you remember your catechesis, um, catechism instruction. And what's the work of God the Father? Creation, right? I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and earth. Well, this is also true. <laughs> it says, Jesus, the, the eternal Son of God, is creator as well. He was involved in creation. All, by him, all things, there's those words, were created. Heaven and earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. Isn't that something? It's speaking of the of God the Son. <clears throat> he creates. He's creator. And he's sustainer. Look in, in um, verse 17. <clears throat> um, he is before all things. Before all things. Again, see, he's. He's not part of creation, he's before it, before all the things. And in him, all things hold together. All things hold together. Try to get your head around that. I found something helpful, and I'll just, just share it and make this helpful to you too. Imagine this being this thickness, that's the distance between Earth and the Sun. It doesn't look like it. It's 93 million miles. 93 million miles. So the distance between the Earth and the nearest star would be a, a pile of sheets of paper 70 feet high. 70 feet high. But 10 stories. And the diameter of the Milky Way, our hometown, our little galaxy, would be a stack of sheets of paper 300 miles high. 300 miles high. And the Milky Way galaxy, as many of you know, is just one small galaxy among millions of galaxies. He holds all things together. How big is your Jesus? All things of creation, but it gets better. 
because it talks about all things regarding redemption. Because it goes on. <clears throat> he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things on earth and in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Again, wow. Let's talk about resurrection power and reconciling power. First resurrection power. He's called the firstborn again, but here not firstborn. Um, uh, of all creation, but firstborn from the dead. Again, he's the cause of resurrection. He is resurrection personified. He is the resurrected one. Our resurrection, we're, we're joined to him in our baptism for resurrection. Our resurrection that we say about, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. That resurrection is all in him and because of him. He's the cause of it. Resurrection power. Just like as firstborn is cause, cause of creation, as firstborn from the dead is the cause of resurrection. The Apostle Peter pulls it together this way. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for me. Resurrection power. So that in all things he might, as it says, be preeminent. Isn't that a great word? Can you say it with me? Preeminent. We don't use that word very often, preeminent. So resurrection power, but then reconciling power. Reconciling power. Uh, verse, verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. Head of the body is the, is the church, it's the people of God, all the, the redeemed of, of God. But the life and the direction flows from the head, doesn't it? He's the head of the body, the church. The churches of believers. And we get a description of how he pulls that off in the last two verses. It says, in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile, reconcile to himself all things, making peace by the blood of his cross. Reconcile is pulling together, also making peace. Remember, if you were here a couple of weeks ago when we did the um, Beatitudes, you know, we as God's people are, are peacemakers. Remember, we use that little, that little gesture like that. 
Well, Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker, isn't he? The ultimate peacemaker. Because he, he reconciles, uh, like we say in the Christmas show, God and sinners reconcile. Reconcile. Making peace. How does it come? By the blood of his cross. Now, I think where we've come in these last couple minutes, the cost here, what, what it's cost is blood, cross. We've had this, this lofty picture of God the Son. And where does it go to? It goes to this shedding of blood and death through torture and crucifixion, the lofty to the lowly. So, so, so just think about who's dying for you. If an ant were to die for you, that'd be kind of a joke. If an elephant died for you, that'd be interesting, but kind of <laughs> wacky. If it's some um, derelict on a corner in Skid Row and died for you, that, that would be awesome and amazing. Well, who died for you? The king. The king. King of kings. Now we go back to the first couple of verses that I skipped over purposely. I wanted to end with them. Because this is God. He's done this. He's, he's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Picture somebody, you know, preparing for a career, maybe getting an education or skills, and getting this job in a big corporation, and they're put in this department, and their job is just a, just a drudgery, dead-end job, they're doing this stuff day by day, it's not what they're trained for, not what they're good at, it's boring, and but they're just stuck in it. And then one day, get a tap on the shoulder, and says, come with us. We're going to take you in a different department. And you can imagine the person walking, the, I've been delivered. <laughs> you know? And so delivered from this domain and transferred to another place where that person's gifts and skills just, just come together and it's, it's just fulfilling and it's just a, a great job and the person looks forward to going to it every day. Such a difference. And that's our story. We've been delivered from the domain of darkness. Darkness, sin, guilt, meaninglessness, purposelessness, uh, the you know, brokenness of uh, comes with living in this world delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of the beloved son. Think of kingdom. Isn't that what Jesus is talking about all the time? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. And we are now transferred to it. Delivered out of one domain, transferred to the, to the other, to the kingdom. We're kingdom people now. And 
What's so special about the kingdom? It's a kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. The, let's read it together. The forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. So how big is you, Jesus? So what does this mean for daily living? I just want to spend a couple minutes on this. And just very simply, I want to use a couple of songs I used with preschoolers. I did about a million preschool chapels and talks and times with kids. So I just want to do two little kid songs. Yeah, let's get it. One is, it goes like this. I'm just a little person with a great big God. With him I'm strong and smart because he's a great big God. I cast my cares on him, but he will always win. I'm just a little person with a great big God. <laughs> that's it. And um, so, but think about it. That's not just preschoolers, her little people. That's us. That's all of us. I'm just a little person. But what's the difference? A great big God. See, it makes a difference how big your Jesus is. Because when we have a, a big Jesus who holds all things together, we can move forward boldly and confidently. Because that's who we belong to, with his. Even as the world is messed up, and we, you know, life is like sometimes it feels like a disaster zone day by day, you know. That would belong to a great big God. And the second little song is, you know, the first verse, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, maybe this is the second verse, but you don't know it. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. So think about that. We go forward out of these doors. Forget him. Forget him. You know, people are living with, with, with guilt and shame, with a sense of not measuring up, their life not being what they know it should be. But we walk forth from this place free and forgiven. We've met the king. We've met the king who comes to us, bring what only he can bring. Redemption, forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. <clears throat> oh, Jesus, we just scratched the surface in these marvelous words of description of you. I pray that each of us might have our view of you made bigger and bigger and bigger 
and that you might continually fortify us as you give us a fresh glimpse of who you are, your love for us, and what you have accomplished on our behalf. Oh, make us Jesus people who follow boldly the King of Kings. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This has been a message from Emmaus Church LCMS. We thank you for listening and invite you to find out more by visiting our website at www.emmauspasco.org. That's www.emmauspasco.org.